Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. Christopher Rosen, joined by Joyce Singh. Joyce, we have so much to talk about today, including the Oscars' decision to kick eight very loved categories into the, the before the show, not the pre-show, and then edit them in, which I know you is, can't is, wait to is talk about. Is eight enough? Eight is not enough. I don't know. I, I'm going, I got a whole, I'm, I'm like, my hot take is scorching on this, but we'll talk about that at the end of this, because we're going to start here with predictions for the 2022 Screen Actors Guild Awards, Joyce, which are Sunday. We've made it to an award show. That matters. It, it's, I, I can't believe they're here. I can't either, honestly. I was like looking at the calendar and, and I was just like, oh, oh yeah. Hey, look at that. The SAG Awards are Sunday. I, know, uh, I, think, I think it's because like I've just been consumed with the Olympics and now it's over. So I, I'm, I'm like in withdrawal right now. So I guess this is something to look forward to. Yeah, I've been, I've been consumed by severance on Apple TV, which we can talk about. I know, about you've been telling me ad nauseum about severance. So <laughs> Absolute best, which is not up for SAG Awards. So we're going to do film in this. And then if you're watching this and like, or, or, where are the TV ones? Uh, the TV ones will come in another episode of this video. Uh, so exciting stuff. But we're going to start with film. And Joyce, I just want to start right at the top. We're going to go from film ensemble down. Uh, again, we first in our hearts, first last in the show, I guess, for film ensemble. Uh, the nominees, Joyce, for this year in film ensemble were Coda, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, and House of Gucci. So four of the five are Best Picture nominees. Uh, I'll let you go first. What, what do you got winning um, well, I have not touched it since nominations day. So far, um, so good. <laughs> yeah, you you can convince me to change it, but I've had don't look up in first. Wow. Um, you know, I'll probably change my number two because in number two, I have House of Gucci. So things have changed. since. Then. Yes. Uh, House of Gucci at that one time was like a, I had it in for best picture because it performed so well here at SAG. And that was a disaster because it never it didn't really make it. But it, I saw yesterday, according to Variety, it's it's 40 percent off on Amazon. Did you, did you order one? No, I got I actually got one already. I got a copy. I got a review wow. copy. You're it. always on top of it. Like, I, I'm, I'm assuming you ordered No Way Home already. You pre-ordered. I, I was going to pre-order it. I was looking at it. I get the 4K and watch it on my my, my TV. In, in here. But uh, it's just, just, so you're going, don't just look like up. in the theaters. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. So you have Don't Look Up. You've seen it. I have Don't Look Up. Um, I, I am considering switching to Coda because I think that's that's like the, I guess not, not like the people's choice, but that's like the heartwarming choice. Um, I just kind of hesitate because it's it's a little on the smaller scale. 
I feel like if it was, if we had more data on it, like if it was a big theatrical release um, that did pretty well, you know, like specialty box office or something like they had the numbers that like house of Gucci has, mm-hmm. um, I would feel better about it, but there is a lot of love for it. And obviously for Troy Kotzer. Um, and I, I guess if you're going by like Oscar best picture rules, you would pick Belfast because that's the ostensible number two at the Oscars. Right. Uh, but I don't like Belfast is like all over the place because here specifically, <laughs> it got this. And Katrina Balf, who was snubbed at the Oscars in favor of Judy Dench, mm-hmm. and then it missed its double supporting actors. Very strange. Uh, so yeah, according to our odds, it looks like Belfast is actually the, the top pick. But I have I have Coda as I have Coda. I, I I had Coda from the front from when I touched these when the nominations came out, and uh, I'm sticking with Coda. I think the heartwarming nature of the film is uh, going to push it over the top. And we've talked about this with Belfast, and maybe this is our twin uh, biases against Belfast. But I feel like when you're talking heartwarming and crowd pleasing, Coda is much more of a heartwarming crowd. Well, well, that's that's always been my argument since I saw Belfast. Like it was always marketed as this crowd pleaser right out of Telluride, like this Oscar, yes. you know, like forthcoming Oscar winner. And I'm like, it's it's not that it's bad that it's not a crowd pleaser, but that, that's not what I took from it. And I was right. like, Coda is much more of a crowd pleaser. King Richard is much more of a crowd pleaser in that vein. So and then I have King Richard actually in number two. I think that there's a good chance King Richard could win here. I would if I'll tell you this, if Anjana Ellis had been nominated in supporting actress at SAG, I would have King Richard. Win. Yeah, the, the problem with this category is that a lot of things are very wonky and yes. like. The only movie that maxed out here at SAGs in general is House of Gucci, and it got clobbered at the Oscars. So then you're like, is it going to even win anything? Like, go is, is it's going to go for three here? I think it, it is. has the most nominations in this category. It's tied with Power of the Dog with three nominations. Power of the Dog, not here. And then all these other four like, missed something. Like, Don't Look Up doesn't have individual nominations. Um, Coda... What like it got what it needed like this and Troy, which we expected, but it didn't get Marley Matlin, who was uh, predicted, and it could have gotten her considering who they nominated in that category, mm-hmm. and then were snubbed at the Oscars. Uh, Belfast obviously missed Kieran Hines and Jamie Dornan, and King Richard missed Anjanou Ellis, which is still one of the weirdest snubs. So here. strange, and that, that's almost why I want to put King Richard at the in first because I just. I still don't understand that. I, I think that Anjane Ellis is like very much a, a well-liked actor and who knows why the nominating committee like didn't put her in, but I feel like the broader SAG uh, field will like- Well, really the thing is, her. is like, are you, do you think they're just going to vote for King Richard because they're so outraged by her snub? Because it's not like Will Smith was snubbed. No, I think they might just vote for King Richard because it's good. Mo- I, I just think I'm like, I just keep going back to like what's watchable and what are these people going to like like to watch? And I think that Coda and King Richard, nothing against the other nominees, all of which I think are good, including Don't Look Up, which I really love. They're just way more watchable. And like, I think when you think back on them, because they're like more heartwarming, they're like, it has like a nice, memory of watching them. So I don't, I don't know. I feel like I think Coda could win here. Um, it feels like I've been, th- I've thought of it as like little miss sunshine since I saw it. It just feels like it's on that same kind of trajectory. It got a few less, maybe like, I think it got like one, one less nomination than, than little miss sunshine did at the Oscars. Uh, but similar kind of like 
Velma Sunshine was also a stronger Best Picture contender, and it made Best Picture in a field of five, which I don't I did. think it would do. I think it could have. I think it, depending on like, you know, you never know. But I mean, I think Little Miss Sunshine was buoyed by the fact that it was like a a theatrical sensation. And obviously Coda is not because it's on Apple and like you're just streaming it. So it's a different world. But I, I, I like, like look at Coda as like Little Miss Sunshine kind of comp. And I'm like, I think it's going to win. Little Miss Sunshine won the ensemble here when it was out very long time ago. So like the, the thing about this is remember last year when we we're all like, oh, Minari yes. will win. <laughs> ensemble and it yes. did not so it, that's the one they want to trial chicago seven that's the one rip i have and then in that case i think you'd have to say belfast would win if they want to just rubber stamp like what they think is the number two oscar movie behind power of the dog then it would be belfast because all the everybody thinks that's the number two pick here and if belfast wins i think that just means that it continues to be the number two pick i think if coda wins you know it just means that Coda won. I don't know. I don't think Coda wins. It would just be one of those, you know, those ensemble winners that is not going to win Best Picture, like Hidden Figures, Black Panther, right? Just like a populist pick. That, and that's also know, why I kind of because of that, I thought King Richard maybe would do it because if you think back on those, like Hidden Figures and Black Panther, King Richard, if it was released in 2018, probably would have done Hidden Figures like box office. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, nope. Like it's again hard to talk about box office because like doesn't exist well yeah because the other thing is like hidden figures black panther and also the help like they were huge box office hits Mm -hmm. so and like sag is populist but like when when they want even inglorious bastards which won and that was i don't think anyone was actually predicting to win best picture but it was still a top contender and it made a ton Um, of money like i I do think that's so that's why it was was also a large cast but the only large cast in here is Don't Look Up. <laughs> right. And I think that's a good instinct and like Don't Look Up could win. And again, like when you're looking at this, the, the SAG want to appear. If, if if SAG wants to appear like they're chasing Oscar clout, like I think Belfast wins. If, if SAG wants to appear like it's picking the important movie in air quotes, Don't Look Up would win because it's like about climate change and misinformation and all the stuff we talk about like every two seconds on Twitter. And if, I think if Coda wins or King Richard wins, it's just because, hey, you know, it's a good movie. Coda, King Richard cast is great. I also think, again, we talked about this with Minari and like, I don't think it goes like this because you're right. Like usually it could be like the biggest cast, like don't look up. But I think there is a special alchemy when it comes to creating a family on screen. That was why Minari felt like so good because it was like everyone was like in their roles and it like very, it very much worked with the chemistry of the cast. And I think you have the same thing with Coda. And that's why I would pick it personally. And that's why I have it predicted. But, you know, who knows? Maybe they don't vote like Minari that. didn't win. I know. So. <laughs> like, so great argument. Shows you what I know. <laughs> shows you what I know. Okay. So is can you see House of Gucci winning at all? Because a lot of people were predicting it for before February 8th, let's say. I actually, I cannot. I don't think. I think, so you think because, like people are reactionary, like voters are reactionary to what happened because yes. voting does not close until Friday, two days before the ceremony. Yes, because people don't want to vote for what they think is a loser. And I don't think there's like, it's not like an Argo thing where it's like, man, we're really upset that it got snubbed. I think people are just like, I don't care. I, I don't believe that there's like a big push to give House of Gucci like a second life in the awards race after it got missed it all at the Oscars. So I don't think it could win. At See, all. I, I, I don't, I, I never understood that argument of, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I never understood an argument of like, if you're a voter, like, 
why do you always want to be on the winning team? Like if I like something and no one, if I'm in the minority of like, like I'm still going to vote for my favorite. Like I don't care if it loses. Yeah. Because people don't want to No, because people don't want to, like they want to appear on the winning team. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about that. <laughs> like no. I'm, if I have a favorite, I'm going to vote for my favorite. No, so I would, like- I would love it if like Hasaguchi actually won. Cause it's like, they just stuck to their guns. But I would also say that, we don't actually know how the membership at large, like all 160,000 members of SAG, SAG after feel about House of Gucci because the nomcom is just 1,200 people. Right. So like, it, like all the Gucci love could have just been in the nomcom and not at the membership at large. I also think the more broadly you get out there in House of, I think House of Gucci is like a very specific taste and tone. And I think from a, I know it made a lot of money and like people went to see it, like relatively speaking, but I just don't believe that like, it's like, it's not for everybody, obviously. And I think that that is part of the reason why I won't win. Because I think if you get broader out into the thing, into the larger SAG after voting membership, most people, like, I guess I think of this is maybe wrong, but I'm like, do you think, I I think of it as like uh, people I'd be like my friends, right? Like real, like real people. Normies. like normies. And I'm like, I think if I told a normie to watch House of Gucci, they might be like, why did you tell me to watch that three hour movie where everybody's doing an accent? But if I told a normie to watch King Richard or Coda, they'd be like, that movie was great. I had a good time with it. So uh, I don't know. That's why I don't think House of Gucci's going to win. I, yeah. I mean, like my my friends who have watched House of Gucci is just because they were anticipating it and not, right. not even because they were Gaga fans or anything. They were just, like, oh, like camp <laughs> and uh-huh. I want to watch it. And one of them was like, that was so effing long. Like why? <laughs> like, it is a little long. Editing was I, so bad. So and I, I yeah. do think if it, you watch it at home, I have not watched it a second time. I only saw it the one time in the theater. I do wonder how long it would feel like it is at home. And I think the other movies having watched both at home again, uh, Coda and King Richard, they just are easier to they're, watch. They're both over two hours. Like all of them are over two hours, which, right. which is long. But too long for me. Except for except for Belfast, a clean ninety minutes. Yeah, um, but no, Coda and King Richard over two hours. Yeah, yeah. Belfast, ninety-seven minutes in and out. Love it. All all movies should be that long, please. <laughs> so, so you're sticking with you're going to stick with Don't Look Up. Maybe we could. We could um, I don't know. It depends on what I do in supporting actor, which we'll get to later. Okay. Uh, well, let's go to film actress next. So the nominees were uh, Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, Lady Gaga, and Nicole Kidman. And Joyce, uh, do you want to go first? Um, I think I'm just going to stick with Nicole. Me too. We both have Nicole. Great. Uh, Here's the thing. I would say she could very easily lose. Best Actress remains totally in flux. I can make a case for Jessica Chastain or Jennifer Hudson or Lady Gaga Weirdly, I think Olivia Coleman would be the biggest surprise to me if she actually won because yeah, that, that's a, a very um like unfriendly sag performance. It is. Um, I guess you'd be maybe say like, oh, she can win because she was nominated and like we didn't expect her to get nominated, but I actually could see her fit if I was ranking these, I might put her fifth, uh, just based on like how it could shake out. But I'm gonna stick with Nicole Kidman. She's never won a sag for film performance. Uh being the Ricardos obviously is polarizing, but it's not any more or less polarizing than any of these other movies, I would argue. And she's Nicole Kidman. I just think she's going to win. That, that's basically it. And if she loses, uh, then I think we will have a larger conversation about best actress. But if she wins this, there it is. I guess the, I have Jessica Chastain in second. I think she's second in her odds as well, but 
I don't know. I, 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 I can I make the case for her. Um, is yeah, is Nicole still number one overall? Because I know a lot of people are predicting Jessica. Let me look. And, and like a lot of these anonymous ballots, however real they are, have Jess. Um, but no, I I have Nicole, and clearly based on uh, the Oscar nominations, actors love this film. <laughs> Um, it only got acting nominations there and it was probably pretty close to breaking into ensemble here and maybe even for JK Simmons. In we talked about this. It was, I think it, I would argue it was not nominated because the only four members of the ensemble based on the SAG rules were Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem, yeah. Nina Arianda and JK Simmons. They did not have separate title cards for the entire cast of like Tony Hale. And they could have uh, made it seven. Could easily made in seven. I think it would have gotten in. So I agree. I think this is stronger. Nicole is still first choice in our combined odds. Okay. So, and then, you know, being the Ricardos, uh, I guess, depending on how you feel about the film, but it's, it's been uh, surprisingly strong at the guilds. <laughs> so obviously mm-hmm. you got the PJ nomination, um, has WGA nomination, did not get the Oscar nomination, but also a lot of ineligible scripts at WGA uh, over the weekend. It won uh, at the makeup and yes. hairstyling guilds. I, I think I believe for hairstyling was not even shortlisted at the Oscars for makeup and hairstyling. And then just yesterday, we're recording this on Wednesday, on Tuesday on two 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 two, it won a set deck guild award, like over Oscar nominees, like over Nightmare Alley. I mean, I was honestly also not nominated at Oscars. I was actually legitimately surprised that being Ricardo's did not get like six or seven nominations because I think all the tech stuff was really good. And like, again, Aaron Sorkin worked with like a lot of like really well-respected people who have been either recognized before by the Academy or like been like recognized by their peers and the guilds. And we're seeing that here for whatever reason it missed on those shortlists and kind of like, I think if it was on the shortlist, I actually think it would have gotten in in a couple of those, certainly like production design and hair and makeup. I think it could have easily made it in. But yeah, so I'm not surprised that it's doing really well. And I think the actors will really like it. I guess Jessica Well, well production design is not one of them, but it's, I, I don't know if it was just kind of, it, it was sort of a late film, right. I guess. Um, it's also not as showy or flashy as Nightmare Alley, you right. know? Um, yeah, yeah. But and it ended up being like, I think for whatever reason, it, people really kind of focused on the act. Like, not for whatever reason. Yeah, it's it's it, a very it the like, actors movie. It was not like, early and like industry right, friendly right. film. Um, and also obviously all the guilds are much more large um or larger than the academy. And mm-hmm. it, you know, a lot more people and then just a, a larger scope. Like you have TV, people working TV, people working like commercials and stuff. So I I could I could see why it's performing better with the industry at large than it actually did with within the Oscars. Right. But what if it ends up winning like the most guild? <laughs> it has two guild wins already. I mean, it could. I dem- so like I've got Nicole winning here. I don't know. And I, I do think she's still, I think I still have her winning in the Oscars too, but um yeah, but yeah, I could see like Jessica winning. Um, because I think that's ugh, I hate the word likable, but her, her character is probably the most likable of these. I mean, you have Aretha Franklin, but I don't think anyone's her, no, no offense to Jay Hood. I don't think anyone is expecting her to win. 
I guess I would say the problem I have with just Jess Jane is definitely working for it. I mean, she's done like SAG like Q and A's and like has been very, very out there with this movie since September. I guess, again, the problem, I think an issue with it is when you get down to it, I think being Ricardo's is a more successful movie than eyes of Tammy Faye. And I think, Mm -hmm. and and Tammy Faye lost all of its uh, hair and makeup guilds. And I think more people just able, even though I think eyes of Tammy Faye has been on HBO max for a month or so. I just think more people have seen, you know, being the Ricardo's, it just felt like a bigger deal. And I think it's going to be tough for her to overcome that to win with the broad sag after body. I mean, in, in her favors, she also had a two month head start on Nicole and basically everyone else. I mean, well, I, uh, Lost Daughter was in festivals, I guess, but right. it wasn't on Netflix until New Year's right. Eve. Yeah, I don't know. So, I, I know. I, Respect was a month before, but still, it's, yeah. Yeah, if, if you're early, that that's good at SAG. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Anything else, Joyce? Can you make the case for Lady Gaga winning here? Does she win um, here? That would, I, it would actually be a lot of fun for me, personally, um if a, a non-oscar nominee like gaga or j-hood won because i i want more chaos in this category i think you know even though i have nicole winning it would be boring if she won this she obviously can't win bafta right. um she could maybe she could win critics choice maybe in a tie um but i i won different winners again so right. do you think if olivia coleman wins uh that she's then the front runner to win at the Oscars. Um, yes. I mean, I, I wouldn't say she's a lock, but that puts her in really good standing because that's just in, in this biopic heavy field, I don't see how she would really win, but I think there's a lot of love for her in general. And the fact that she got this nomination was a big one. Cause I guess the only way I would see her winning is like, is there are too many biopics and then like people like they'd all split the vote because they're all like equally strong performers. And then like Olivia Coleman wins in like a tight race. I don't know. I guess we'll I mean, see. you could definitely make that argument at the Oscars because you could say like Jessica and Nicole are right. going after the same type of voter. And then you have like the the highbrow. I mean, I guess Lost Art is kind of highbrow, but like. Penelope Cruz and Kristen Stewart, they're more like the underdogs, whereas like Olivia was always expected to get this nomination, right. you know? Right. All right, Joyce, Best Actor at the SAG Awards. Uh, the nominees were Benedict, uh, Javier Bardem, Benedict Cumberbatch, Andrew, uh, Andrew Garfield, Will Smith, and Denzel Washington. Uh, who you got, Joyce? Uh, again, I have not touched this since January 12th, and I still have Andrew Garfield, who I put in in December in first place. <laughs> So I touched them. I had Andrew Garfield after the nominations and now I've got Will Smith winning. I just don't see a way Will Smith loses, honestly. I'll give you my reasons are a uh, Will Smith is a giant star. And when you get right down to it, I think that helps tremendously. And even if Andrew Garfield and Benedict Cumberbatch are arguably giving better performers performances, excuse me. I don't, I don't uh, think Benedict's winning here. <laughs> I don't think so either. And I think like it's just Will Smith is star power. It's a very mainstream movie star performance. And I think that's great. And the other thing I think is, again, back to like the House of Gucci, I do think you want to be on the winning team. And I think if because Tick, Tick, Boom missed the Best Picture nomination, there is a sense that Andrew Garfield's Best Actor chances at the Oscars are, you know, really not happening. So that's not the same as House of Gucci or like Gaga missing Best Actor. I think it, I think it could be. I think it's I don't, like, I don't, he got the nomination. He got movie, the nomination, but yeah. I don't think he's going to win. I think there was like a sense, 
at least for me, I felt like Andrew Garfield was going to win Best Actor. I think you could have made the case that like if House of Gucci was the Best Picture nominee and he was like a very strong contender then and then it kind of like roll, he steamrolls through, he wins at SAG and kind of carries through. I don't see that happening. I just think Will Smith is going to win. And I think Benedict will win at Okay, uh, well, Tafta. last year, Chavik Bozeman and Viola Davis both won at SAG and their movie was not nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, but I think it's different. I think Chadwick. <laughs> Why is like, it different? They won Chadwick was like because Chadwick was like the pick. Everybody was expecting him to win. I think you can make the case of like okay, well then Andrew. It's in that still, case. like their movie was still snubbed. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I think Will Smith is winning. I think and the difference, the difference the difference between their movies too was that people expected Ma Rainey to be nominated for Best Picture, and that was a surprise. It got snubbed, whereas we always knew Tick Tick Boom was on the bubble of getting nominated. That's true. I guess you're right. And like, I just, I don't like he got that. It's not a Gaga situation because she is not nominated for best actress. He is nominated for best actor. So you think, so what, so you think Andrew wins here? Then you think, I, I mean, I don't, I, I might change back to Will. Like I, I put him in here in December and then I just like kept it when we did winners in January. Um, I, I can see Andrew winning here and like Will or even Benedict still winning the Oscar. Well, I definitely think Will or Bennett can win the Oscar. I just don't think Andrew's going to win the Oscar. I think he needed the Best Picture nomination. Yeah, I think he needed the Best Picture nomination to win the, the Oscar. But for SAG, it could just be like a Johnny Depp scenario when he, when he won here for Pirates of the Caribbean. But, you know, the race was always between Sean Penn and Bill Murray and Sean Penn won. But don't you think that... I don't, I see, I would say, I still think Will Smith is like the Johnny Depp then. Like he's just like the biggest movie star making a big movie star. No, yeah, I I agree. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you about that. I think there is a lot of love for, I'm not saying I'm like keeping with him for the next four days. I'm saying the argument for an Andrew Wynn is that we know, we've talked about this, like how beloved his performance is. And it's also highly relatable to his entire membership. He's a struggling creative who is about to throw in the towel, thinks he's running out of time. And he, unbeknownst to him, is actually running out of time because he only has six years left to live. Right. The great, I love. You, I mean, like you know me. I was just talking about how much I love Tick Tick Boom. I love Andrew Garfield to win. I just not predicting. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think like, this is his. I mean, obviously he's not nominated at BAFTA, so this is his best chance to win something. And I've always felt this way, even before uh, Oscar nominations. Like he could, he could win here, and he could still lose the Oscar. Right. I mean, I guess that that's a good that the. That is the one reason why maybe I should change it. It's just like, if, is he going to go through the whole season without winning anything? Though I would argue maybe he wins a Critics' Choice Award uh, later this month over Benedict. I still think Benedict wins at BAFTA. So I think Benedict's winning BAFTA. I think um, you could end up with Will at SAG, Andrew Garfield at Critics' Choice, and then Benedict at BAFTA. And then we go into the Oscars with those three continuing to be like the three, with Will probably a slight edge, though. I could definitely see Benedict Cumberbatch winning in the end. I guess we'll see. Also, so you're you're not predicting King Richard to win cast, right? I'm not. I have it yeah. runner up and I could see moving it up because I just think that we'll see. Like you said, I think when we get the supporting actor, maybe we'll see. How, okay. So I, I believe the last time at SAG, ensemble and actor went to the same film was the King's Speech. Right. Well, King Richard's not the King's speech, but I, like I said, I have, I have, I have Coda winning. I didn't switch it. I'm just saying, I think King Richard is a strong possibility. 
Okay. That's, that's my argument for Andrew Garfield. I'm not saying I could still change it to Will Smith to play it safe, but right. I don't think you should completely rule him out. Okay. That's fair. Joy, supporting actress. Let's go there. Uh, this is just a chaotic category because of so many, <laughs> just very, very few Oscar overlaps. Uh, I love, love both supporting categories because they went two for five in both. <laughs> uh, nominees were Katrina Ball for Belfast, Cape uh, Blanchett for Nightmare Alley, uh, Kirst, uh, Kirst, uh, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Kirsten Dunn for Power of the Dog, and Ruth Mega for Passing. Uh, I think we both probably have the same person here, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. This is like the most like boring category of the year because <laughs> I think she's probably just sweeping. Um, Seems like she's sweeping. Yeah. Uh, like we said, Balf, Nega, and Blanchett all not nominated for Oscars. Kirsten Dunst, a strong uh, contender here across the board. But yeah, Ariana DeBose, seemingly a winner here for West Side Story. I had nothing much to say about this. Yeah, I don't. I have nothing else to say. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm still sad about Ruth Nega because this was a huge coup for her. Um, but I think her snub at the Oscars just proved that they're not going to make um, a, a lone nominee in, in a supporting category, a priority film screening. Cause I think right. that's kind of what happened to Timothy Chalamet and beautiful boy. Like he was the only possible nomination for that film. And they were like hard pass. I think, <laughs> I think really they'll, they'll watch, yeah. they'll watch like lone nominees if you're a lead, but it's much harder to get them to do it when you're supporting. Right. I, I agree. I think yeah. that's a and tough, I think, like, tough beat. For here, passing is on Netflix and, you know, SAG loves Netflix. Right. And uh, Katrina Ball for Belfast. Hey, I still think she should have got nominated, but I wonder if... I the, mean, that's that's rough. They they just... Uh, the, the bait and switch with Judy Dench. <laughs> like, I do want... I, I'm going to hold tight to my conspiracy theory that I think because she was like a tweener performance that you could argue is a lead or a supporting that some people who were into it put her in lead and some people put her in supporting... And it ended up, she got in neither. I, I, just, I do think I that's a possibility. There was confusion over her. Like, I, in my mind, they were all supporting and Jude Hill's the only lead. Like, we know that. I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, you know, that was the, Scott Feinberg thought she was a lead. That was like a thing. I think he just wanted four nominations in all four categories. That's all. But, but I, I think the fact that both Belfast guys missed here and then they swapped Katrina out for Judy. I think it it just it just means they they were just kind of defaulting right. to like I think you know to Kieran because I think if it, Jamie was kind of losing steam before that, so it was always like if like one Belfast guy gets in, it's gonna be Kieran. Right. And then they know Judy Dench. They love Judy Dench. She has like the final line, very sad final line. And we've seen at the Oscars before when they're not really, if they're not like obsessed with your film, like, you know, 12 nominations, probably the dog style. And they'll swap out a younger contender for the older veteran. Like they did that to Aaron Taylor Johnson and Michael Shannon with Nocturnal Animals. They did not care about Nocturnal Animals. No. (laughs) But ATJ 1.0 won the globe. (laughs) And then... Oscars are just like Michael Shannon. Hi. We like Michael Shannon. He's good. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's very accurate. Uh, supporting actor Joyce <laughs> nominees were a chaos, a chaos magic here that we love so much. Ben Affleck, uh, Bradley Cooper, Jared Leto, Troy Kotzer, and Cody Smith McPhee. Uh, Joyce, I got so you're, you're picking Ben, right? I'm not. I, I'm oh. picking Troy. I have Troy Kotzer winning. I think this is the 
first uh, step onto his eventual best supporting actor Oscar win. I think he's going to win at the Oscars. Okay. So I have Troy winning here. I just, my, my case for it is it's uh, a discovery fun performance, a really couple of really great, like emotional scenes that I think will resonate for people. And he's very uh, engaging on, on the campaign trail. It's a, and I just think that power of the dog while Cody Stonefee is incredible, I wonder if it's too uh, a cerebral of a performance. And I just, I, I've been like, I guess he could be proven wrong, but I could be very wrong because he's been the front runner for months and like everybody's just kind of like writing him in to win. And he's definitely the odds on favorite to win on Sunday as well. Uh, it just seems like he's such a strange front runner here because he's like a young actor. It's a not a showy performance. It just doesn't feel like kind of Sad stuff. likes young people though. I'm just saying overall, like he's like, we're just like, is he really going to steamroll for this performance that only kicks in in like the last 45 minutes of the movie and is really good. And he's like, definitely the part of the movie. I think even people who don't like it or are like lukewarm on it, leave the movie being like that kid was great. He's a, you know, great performance and a good actor and the character's really engaging. I don't know. I just think like in the end, that, that sounds like an argument for him to win though. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just think he's, uh, even though they're both like not new, I mean, Cody Smith, if he's not a newcomer, he was in obviously like X-Men movies and stuff. And like Trick Hotzer has been acting for a very long and, uh, time. Let me in and the road. But they're like, they're rel- like they're newcomers to like award season, I guess. I don't know. I just think, I think Troy's going to win. And I think that's why I have Coda winning for ensemble as well. So tell me why Cody Smith McPhee is going to win though. Um, I think this is where he's the most vulnerable. Like we've talked about how SAG has always been the place where Pop the Dog was most vulnerable and it was never going to get that ensemble nomination, which it did mm-hmm. not. So, but I think Cody can still lose here and win the Oscar. Like I think he's winning BAFTA and I think he's someone to Oscar without SAG. And yes, Troy is his biggest competition. So back to ensemble. My thing is, is Coda strong enough to win ensemble and an individual category or is it going to be one or the other? I got both. I think it's strong enough to be both. And that could just be because I'm in the tank for Coda. But I think when Push you are in the tank, it's your number two of the year and it made you cry. I really loved it so much. I just think if you watch the movie, you're like, this rules and it's a great movie. So I just think that like that's going to power it through. And they've done a really good job of getting Troy, I think, out there. I feel like he's been a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's he's campaigning. Yeah, he's campaigning. He wa- He's like they want he wants it. I think it's very easy for it's, it's gettable for him. It's not easy. Uh, and I don't know. I just think Cody's it's a tough beat because like you're so many other actors in, in power of the dog. I don't know. I, I, I could just, I, I don't think so. Like, I don't think they're, they're both, like, they're, they're two very different performances. Like obviously Troy is very emotional. He has like that big crying scene when Amelia Jones sings to him and everything. Also very funny, but the scenes with Marley Matlin and yes, like Cody's character is, you know, it, it, it unveils itself throughout the film. Yeah. But I think like it's so reductive to just like cast him like Peter as this like weirdo, like cold blooded murderer. Spoiler alert. If you haven't wow. seen the movie, but I, I don't know, maybe it's like the rabbit scene or something. I don't know. But I didn't, I didn't actually think of him as like a, I guess the way I, that I think, I think it, the character comes across like weird and distant. Right. Yes. I think that's yeah. true. I don't think he's yes. like a, mur- I don't think of him as like a murderer, even though obviously he does like uh, that, but like, that's what he does. But I think that's <laughs> something that people might think, even if like, you don't yeah. think it, you know, because of what he does. But I actually think it's a very sympathetic portrayal of a character and of 
like that character is very complicated and it's it's emotional in a different way from Troy because who's like more overtly emotional that character itself but Peter like you can like he's I don't think he's that when he's seducing Phil like he knows what he ultimately wants to do right but I and then Cody has talked about this himself but like I think Peter did actually develop like genuine like feelings whether romantic or platonic whatever but there was was like genuine feelings there you know like they were bonding and you know because of what rose does with the hides he needs to make a decision like faster than he wanted to and you can see him like when he's like pacing outside the barn like debating like what to do like he's torn about it and i think that there is like something there and he's you know he's kind of like a loner and he's basically giving up this chance to like have a bond with like uh, a, a male figure in his life, but probably the first male figure in his life since his father died just to protect his mother, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I, mean, it's, I think, I, I, I think, and like, this is a movie that you need to rewatch to like really appreciate all the performances and what he does. And I think you get that if you rewatch the movie. I, uh, yes, I've, I've rewatched it. It's good. It's good. Uh, I wish I would have rewatched it in a maybe a theatrical setting. I don't know. I, I enjoyed. I, I rewatched it on Netflix, and I, was, I know I watched it on Netflix too. I do watch it. Um, the other thing I say about Cody is they he is obviously the front runner, right? Yes. And SAG just tends to go with the front runner a lot. Um, so I think like the last time, the last time I did was Idris Elba, and that's like you know, you know we know about that, like. He was not a nominated Oscars and um and well, the other thing is too again like uh I guess you could argue like it's power of the dog not going to win at the SAG Awards, right? Like it's got 12 yeah. Oscar nominations. It's it's the the overwhelming front runner to win best picture. This, this is its win. best place at SAG to win something. Too. Possibly the only place, right? I mean, we just said like I don't think it's gonna win for Kirsten Dunst, and it seems very unlikely Benedict Cumberbatch would win. Uh, especially with Will and Andrew as more populous SAG picks. So like it's only can really could win here. Does SAG just go without honoring power of the dog? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, it could. <laughs> it um, could. Yeah, it could. But it just seems like that would be kind of strange. Though I guess they did it last year with Nomadland. So perhaps they were. Yeah, but that was just, here. it was just nominated for Francis. I know, I know. But they could have given it to Francis, you know, like we knew that it was going to win Best Picture and it didn't win anything. So I don't know. I, I could see him winning. Yes. But yeah. And the, the other thing is like, I think people look at Cody, like he's some 15 year old kid. I don't know why he's 25. I know he's like, been sure, around for a very young, long time. but like last year, Daniel Kuya was 32 when he won, which is not that much older than 25, but people don't look at Daniel Kaluuya as a child. Like they apparently do with Cody Smith McVee. That's true. I, I also think that's partially because the way Netflix kind of rolled it out is like a, a discovery, whereas Daniel Kaluuya was like, he rules. Yeah, I think it's also no. like the characters that were playing and... and I just and think, he, you're not, like, I just think it would be, to me, it seems like this is not like a typical Oscar supporting actor winner. He, It's not. I just don't, you know what I mean? Like, you usually see like a veteran actor or like a you know, big scene stealer and it's just like, he's, it's a very subtle performance in a category that really pr- prides itself on like 
big things to me. And I'm like, the bigger performance is Troy, and maybe that wins here. That, that I mean, my. the bigger performance is Jared Leto. Well, obviously, Booth, <laughs> but I don't think that's winning. I mean, imagine if he wins, though. Wouldn't that be make, such a Make delight? a case for the other three, please. <laughs> so the case for, I think the best case would be Bradley Cooper, honestly, for winning, because it's such a great performance and such a big performance. It combines the Jared Leto of it with the Ben Affleck of it, where it's like a movie star. And like, I just think that people really like Bradley Cooper. The fact that he was nominated here shows that SAG likes him. <laughs> and I just could see him. That would be the win. I think that would be like the alternate. Cause it's just, is like, that's a great performance. And I think even, you know, most people are going to watch that movie and like really like it, but I don't know. I could also make the case for Ben because who doesn't love Ben? That's it. Mm, that's the case. They- the nomcom liked him enough to nominate him here. No, no one else. <laughs> what if George is out there, like kind of like stumping for SAG votes for him? He's he's busy back in Australia finishing that rom com with Julia Roberts that That's I'm definitely going to watch. That's, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, Joyce, let's go to stunt ensemble, and then we'll go to the Oscars uh, disastrous uh, announcement yesterday on Tuesday. The stunt ensemble nominees were Black Widow, Dune. The Matrix uh, Resurrections, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi. Uh, I had Shang-Chi here, but I moved up to No Time to Die. I think it'll win. How about you? Uh, yeah, I have No Time to Die as well. Um, but, you know, the last four, I believe, winners here have been uh, superhero movies. It was uh, both Wonder Woman's and then uh, Black Panther and Endgame. So... This kind of this actually will could dovetail a little bit into our Oscar conversation. The reason I think Shang-Chi should win is because the one stunt scene this year or last year, excuse me, that I think is the most recognizable and excellent is the bus fight from Shang-Chi. It's just so good and like so much choreography and like really great martial arts uh, action. And it just feels like for the genre itself, like the superhero genre, it's something that you never really saw before in the Marvel movies and also just is so well executed. So while no time to die certainly has like a ton of stunts and there's all kinds of like bike chases and car chases and all these different things, like the the best moment of these movies, I think is that stunt scene in Shang-Chi. So that's why I wanted it to win, but it doesn't seem like it's going to win. And I guess you could make on our odds or combined odds. It looks like Dune is runner up here because I think it's obviously a best picture nominee and a strong contender across the board at the Oscars. So I could see it winning, but, and I picked no time to die just because like, it's like no time to die. James Bond stunts. Oh, you Skyfall one here. Right. It just is uh, like, of course, like no time to die would win. And I think, you know, that's it. Shang-Chi has to fight up against uh, Black Widow, which maybe splits the Marvel contingent, though I would argue. Although that Shang-Chi is so much better than Black Widow. Not even but. comparison <laughs> and Matrix of Directions. Sure. I mean, like the stunts were pretty cool. I guess they do some stuff in there, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I would love for Shang-Chi to win. I, I also don't know if it was as like, if you just look at the last four, I don't think it was on the scale of, you know, either. I mean, I guess maybe not Wonder Woman 1984, but the first Wonder Woman, Black Panther and Endgame were huge, massive. And Shang-Chi was successful, but not on right. that level either. and no time to die is like a mat bigger i think no time to die is like a bigger movie than shang chi but certainly globally at least i don't know i don't know maybe i'll just hope that shang chi i don't know <laughs> i mean i've had it in there i guess i can stick with it and not go chalk 
that's the problem. Is you're gonna do like five years on. in a row of superhero movies. I'm gonna go Shang. I'm going back to Shang Chi, Joyce. I'm okay. Sorry. I still don't know what I'm gonna do when like ensemble. <laughs> so so no. So back to back to Coda though. If you had to pick one win for Coda here, ensemble or Troy, which would you pick? I would pick ensemble. Okay. So, so I think it's got a Troy. better shot. I, I'm basically predicting an upset in in supporting actor just to be a little con- contrary. Mm-hmm. Because like everybody obviously is going to pick Cody Smith McPhee and it's like, he's the obvious front runner. No, yeah. Some... You want to be different. I get it. I do that sometimes. But code, I think actually I can make a really strong case that it should win. And I think it could really easily win there because I just think it's this like so likable and like, seems very SAG friendly to me more so yeah. than the other nominees. So, you know, it's number two in our odds and it's not that far behind Belfast. It really isn't relatively. Specific. Listen, anyone can win that category. It's just so wild. And, you know, obviously there's no real like good correlation between that and like best picture because they're different categories and one is honoring actors and one is like the, the film. But, you know, if in, in the odds, like four of the top five <laughs> best picture nominees are not nominated here. So it's pretty wild. Um, according it's to our- like that back when, you know, in the days of when like Hairspray was nominated here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, what about, so what do you, you're going to stick, what are you going to stick with choice? For I don't know. Should I do Shang-Chi? Yeah, do Shang-Chi. But then what are we about? What about, uh, the, the ensemble? ensemble? I don't know. I guess I could do Coda for ensemble. Do I, do I stick with Andrew though? Is that like my one, like out on a limb thing? I mean, I think you made a strong case for Andrew. I'm not going to switch back to him, but I think that you definitely made a, a an impression on me to make me think I'm definitely wrong that Will Smith. Sometimes I just here. don't like pre- predicting all the chalk picks. <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, Andrew is, I, like we said, I think it's the one place he could win and actually does set up nicely. I am going to be upset if I switch off of him and then he ends up winning. Yeah. That's why you can't switch off. If you had him for months, you know, and we've talked about it for months, like that you, we thought he was like a very likely SAG winner here. Um, oh, you know, I do. Hmm, I, I I do know someone who knows someone who's a SAG voter, so I should find out who they voted for. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, obviously his his picks will be emblematic of the entire membership. <laughs> Certainly. There's thousands and thousands of SAG members, but we got it down to one. So yeah. Good. Uh, Joyce, you want to switch to the Oscars? The uh Oy. so uh yesterday, great, great moment in film Twitter. Uh the they Oscars- picked a great day on, on Tuesday, two, 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 two. Two 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 uh, is reported by Hollywood Reporter first, and everybody else. Uh, the Oscars will move. Uh, they're not not airing the, the categories, choice, but eight categories will be handed out, not in a pre-show. The Oscars are going to start at seven o'clock in the Dolby Theater while people are arriving. Between seven and eight, they will hand out eight awards, do speeches for those awards. Then the show will start at eight, and then later in the broadcast, they're going to seamlessly edit. Uh, these categories into the broadcast. So the categories that will not be presented live are documentary short, best film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, short film, animated short, animated live action, and sound. Uh, so not not what people were hoping for, I guess, Joyce. Then let's start no, there. But, uh, you know, after the events of last week with uh, both... Hashtag Oscars fan favorite and hashtag Oscars cheer moment, which was just uh, and you know a variation of most popular film. Yes, I had a feeling this was coming. <laughs> I think it had this to. Is, last time they announced all this like wholesale at once. Right. 
So, so last time they announced it, they announced it and then immediately backtracked uh, because everybody got mad at them. This time they announced the stuff, everybody got mad at them and they decided we're not going to apologize and we don't care, uh, which is definitely more of a more of a, a populist opinion, I'd say. And, you know, like that's how it kind of we've seen that in, in, in politics and stuff. They never apologize, never back down from your. I think they also learned from last time because last time I distinctly remember when last time happened because <laughs> it was on August 8th, 2018. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was I was at TCA. Were you there at that TCA? I was like in the ballroom and then I just like saw the tweet that it I actually must have been there. That that, that was the yeah. one year I went. So yeah, so I distinctly remember that. And then yeah, they they walked back most popular film first, but they didn't walk back the category thing until like two weeks before the Very Oscar. Late. So it was like another six months. And there was a lot of outrage because people were like, the cinematographers, I remember, banded together and wrote like an yeah, open they wrote letter, a letter. Yeah. Um, here's my take. I don't know if you agree. And I definitely was like getting uh, lambasted for thinking. I, I actually am very into this. I think because my ultimate goal is for them to add more categories and to do best stunt, not stunt ensemble, but best stunt. Like literally, like, like we were just saying, like Shang-Chi bus scene, the James Bond opening when he's riding the bike or whatever, like do like that, uh, you know, best casting, uh, best music art and musical direction or music direction or whatever, you know, wanna, you know, like best soundtrack, basically. I mean, this uh, year would be a great year for choreography, best choreography, best first time filmmaker, maybe like they do a DGA, like kind of like mirror that, you know, you could do a breakthrough figure out some kind of metric like they do at BAFTA to do like a breakthrough performer or whatever it is. Just add a lot of different categories. Best performance under 20, anything you want. No, Just you think, do voiceover, mocap. <laughs> serious, like seriously, you could do that as well. I think obviously we've seen that more and more and there's not really a place for that in the traditional acting or you could do anything. There's the possibilities are endless to add more categories, create a second show that you stream online and then do the actual Oscars in two or three hours and make it like a big event and try to like build momentum by doing it. That is a completely, I was told I was very stupid for thinking this is a good idea because if I guess the point is to make more people watch, uh, then you don't want to add more stuff and make it a separate night and make people try to keep up like they do with the creative arts Emmys, which aren't obviously very well watched, but I really appreciate. And I like being able to see that on YouTube. Uh, that said, I don't know. I, people are upset that we have to watch these speeches like not live. Joyce, what do you, what do you think here? Um, you know, a lot a lot of anger yesterday, but I I was just laughing when it broke because I was like I knew this was going to happen, and you know they they never learn. Um, and you know just just proof that they did not watch our episode last week when I implored them to love themselves and love their fans, and they do not love us or themselves. Right. Like they are still so incredibly insecure about what they're honoring. There's just filmmaking, like their industry and also their fans and like their audience, like they're, they're chasing viewers that don't exist. There is, you cannot find one person who was not going to watch the Oscars, who saw this news yesterday and is like, oh man, they're now presenting makeup and hairstyling or production design. I'm definitely going to watch it now. So no one, that's the other, that's the biggest problem I have with it, I guess, is I think we could all agree. These people are, the people they're chasing don't exist and yeah. they're getting people mad. I guess the traditionalist Oscar watcher. They're getting their actual fans mad. We're in an abusive relationship with the Oscars, but I think <laughs> we're always here for them. Are, I think the fans are, 
wrong in a, in a way, because I just think they're like looking for an Oscar show that doesn't exist anymore either. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about it. Like the Oscars are, you know, it's the Titanic Oscars. I think that's like what a lot of, you know, I think that's what the, the, that's what, the powers think, that be are chasing. I think, I think that's think, what everybody's chasing. I think they're chasing that feeling when it was like, this is a cool show and people are into it. Boy, Joyce, we watch these Oscars every year. The show is boring. It just is. It's by no, nature. I, I don't need a whole production. Just give me the winners and the speeches. I don't care about the, the exactly. Clips. Oh, well, I know I do care about the clips. I want clips for the nominees, but I don't need like uh, like montages galore. Right. I'm like I don't think we're gonna miss. I personally think that there's no. This is there's not a lot of downside to doing this. The Tonys do it. It's totally fine. We'll see the speeches as long as they don't like totally destroy the speeches in the editing. And obviously that remains to be seen. And if they do that, or they just kind of like give them two seconds of like a thank you. That's going to be like a little, uh, I would not be pleased with that, but I guess like I'll give them some benefit of the doubt to see how they handle it. Like if we were saying like last night, music, like original score, kicking that into the pre-show, even though it's not the pre-show as they went to pains to say is like, you got Hans Zimmer, Johnny Greenwood, uh, the score from Encanto, Nicholas Bertel, and the score from Parallel Mothers, all those composers are like pretty great, including massive names like Nicholas Bertel, Johnny Greenwood, and Hans Zimmer. Original score is, or just music in general, is one of the craft categories that like locals and like yes. casuals are aware of, and they're aware of name composers. <laughs> right. And this year there's like massive name composers. Like people know who Hans, Hans Zimmer is. <laughs> like everyone knows who Hans Zimmer is. So if he wins, which he's expected to, to not have him give a speech, like, is kind of silly. I, I love um, that I got you on board when I was, like, scores on the categories so we won't see Bertel win live. And you're like, <laughs> okay, now we riot. Now we riot. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do think, like, we'll see how they do it. I think it could be good. I guess the questions I would have without being, like, not knee-jerky, uh, what are they replacing it with? And what do they think? They said be? in that letter, David Rubin said, it's, it's just, like, comedy bits like more packages and I'm they're going to, they're going to invade another theater of just moviegoers watching a movie and they're going to hand on candy. These people are not watching the Oscars and they're going to give them candy. That's here's, what what, here's, here's, here's what he says for the audience. And this is the Academy letter from the Academy president, Dave Rubin for the audience at home. The show's flow does not change, though it will become tighter and more electric with this new cadence and the live broadcast should end. This is the biggest burn in the world. The live broadcast should end. Yes. With the best picture category at the three hour mark. So they want this to come in at three hours. They just blindsided uh, Steven Soderbergh there for kicking uh, best actor last, last year. And that's what they're hoping for. You know, the, he would have gotten everyone on board if he said best actress would be last. So been great. <laughs> um, so like no, the, the one thing I would say, like everyone or like the, the people who are supportive of this are like, you know, Emmys, Emmys have creative arts. The Tonys do this too. And I would say the difference between those two ceremonies and even the Grammys, because Grammys has like a hundred categories, right? And they do a pre-show and they only hand out like nine categories on the main show. These, these three other awards of the EGOT do this. And the difference is that those three shows and the powers that be behind it, they are secure in what they're celebrating and their community. Like the Tonys, is the most niche one, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's the least accessible because you have to literally be in Broadway to watch a Broadway show, but they, and they have, I think probably like 27 categories and like not that many more than the Oscars. And they, yes, they do do that like pre-show pre-tape thing and they work it in. And they also have double the acting categories because it's musical and play. Right. But they know how to celebrate their community. Like they're all about showcasing the talent 
and the Broadway shows, because that's how you get people to, you know, maybe they're in like London or somewhere. It's like, oh, I'm going to book a trip to New York, you know, pre-COVID and like go see the show because I watched this, you know, even if it's like a clip on YouTube or something. um, I don't know when they broadcast the Tonys there, but they know how to celebrate their artists and their community and the Grammy, same thing. Grammys, like musicians, right? So I think in that sense, it's easier for them to just constantly put on performances throughout the show. And they always have like collaborations and like medleys between artists and stuff. So it's always more performances than actual award of the Grammys. And the Emmys, I think Emmys have perfected this the best because they do have the creative arts ceremonies. And, uh, you know, people don't watch them except like people like us. But, you know, we follow them. And I actually think what they did uh, two years ago in 2020 was great when they had it five nights in the week leading up to the Emmys and everyone could stream them. The thing is, the Oscars have a fundamentally misunderstanding of or fundamental misunderstanding of how the landscape has changed. And we just don't consume content the same way. People don't have the same attention span. Like we are the people who are going to watch this for three hours, not the people on TikTok who you're chasing, they're just going to see the viral moment or like the winner on TikTok or on Twitter or something. And what they need to do is just stream the show, like put it on Disney plus you're going to get way more viewers globally than you would on just ABC. Mm-hmm. Sorry to ABC, but you know, there are people all over the world who are always looking for an illegal stream of the Oscars to watch. Right. Like just put it on Disney plus. And let I mean, I think you're like all, like I totally agree. It should be streaming. That's why I thought like having, and I was told last night, I'm an idiot because like you're take basically the, the, the pushback I was getting from like a David Sims or a David Ehrlich who works at our sister site, IndieWire Joyce was that uh, you would be like, it's like, you don't put the Oscars are prestige personified. And by making it pu- putting more categories in or making a push to another night, you're basically like giving up that prestige. But I would argue actually are increasing that prestige because you're like, you know, giving away more honors that really kind of the people who are making the movies deserve like recognition more than we're giving out. And also you make a bigger deal. Like you said, like, I love the create, like that year, the creative arts were five nights, you know, again, it's for a niche audience, but you're building momentum into the show. The other, this, I mean, imagine if the Oscars, like, this is what I was thinking, like another thing that will never happen. But I was like, part of the problem again, is that it's March 27th. We're it's February 23rd. We still have a whole month before the Oscars even happen. And we're going to be talking about the best movies of 2021 at the end of the first quarter of 2022. It just seems hey, at like, least it's not April 25th. <laughs> it's it, again, it might much better than April 25th, but it just feels like what if it was earlier? I guess I understand there's a whole, I, I don't want it to be earlier because people just rubber stamp. I, I, I've, I've said this before, but I grew up with the Oscars in March, so I'm right. fine with it in March. But I'll tell you this, Joyce, you're, it's a different world. Like you were saying, like, I mean, like everything moves much faster now because of our access to information and just moving on and the attention spans of like the viewers. It's hard to get people like super engaged in a movie that like King Richard came out November 19th or whatever. And we're going to be talking about March 27th. For, like, I just think it's like it's a, a difficult sell to get like people into it. Again, we would be into it because we care about this. Right. So like, but again, I don't think they need to cons- be concerning themselves with chasing this like mirage of viewers that are never going to come to them. I think they need to be concerned with chasing like better, a better show that makes it more cool for like people who like the Oscars. I'm not sure. Yeah, that, like, like they should make the show it. for us. And here's, here's, here's my, here's my hot take. Tell me what you think of this idea. 
uh, and how stupid it is. Um, what if in the in the fantasy creative Oscars Emmys arts Emmys that I've done here, where we're adding categories and doing another show, you kind of like go through the best picture nominees and say who did not win of those five, like of the. Like you eliminate a film <laughs> but you do it like in a respectful way like oh like we're gonna go like counting down from like 10 to 1 or even if the, maybe alphabetically or whatever it is maybe not alphabetically because you kind of would lose the suspense but you do it and be like these are the best movies of the year we were loved like and do like tribute packages to the movies that didn't win so you're actually like selling the movie so like if like this year like let's say the 10th movie was nightmare alley so at this creative uh, like creative arts emmys oscar ceremony that i'm inventing you would have like a moment of like a clip package of, of Nightmare Alley, like and a recognition of its nominees and like all these different things, like kind of like, like the Hunger Games style, like blasting it out into the sky. And then, and then you're kind of building suspense because then you're at least are like, well, I know Nightmare Alley's going to win. And what if you end up knocking off like a really big contender in that first night? Like what if Belfast was not going to win or maybe we thought it was going to win? You know what I mean? Like you kind of could build suspense. And I think that would be like- Well, you want it to be to knockout style like sports. I think it needs to be more like sports, basically. I do. And I think you can make it like kind of fun. Like I see people comparing it to the Super Bowl. It's like the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl because you have spent a whole season watching teams compete and then the playoffs, watching them knock each other out. And then there's two and also standing. They, they could go into OT and right. like, you know, I don't know. I, I, understand rules, what I'm saying. But <laughs> I understand what I'm saying. We let it go yeah. as long as we want. We, I, I will watch a game like sports as long as, needed i watched australian open final five yeah. and a half hours i yeah. watched that it's just the competition of it is nice i think there's a way to do it that's not like cheap and like you lost you're a loser it's like you were nominated like being nominated is the reward right that's always like a joke but like it kind of is and you know i, I think it, i think the issue with that is is just that are you saying they need to do that in the week leading up or just in that night i'm saying leading up I think you do it. I think you do two separate shows. I think you do one the Sunday before and then so what they eliminate like five films. I, I think in that first Sunday, you eliminate five films and maybe even do like a, an actual like top line award, right? Maybe you do like a supporting category or like a screenwriting or whatever it is in that first night, along with like a lot of the blow the line stuff that you want to put there and new categories that you're adding and this and that. And then the Oscar ceremony is for the top awards and, you know, kind of like, again, like celebrating the movies that were nominated and the performances that were nominated, but like making it like kind of fun. And it could be like two or three hours max and everybody moves on with their life. And we're getting more Oscars in that way. Like things that we like, I, I don't know. I, I, and then you're not like disrespecting. I'm, I'm all for more, more categories, like stunts and all that. Cause give, give me more of that. Especially like casting. They have a casting branch and they don't have a category, but anyway. That's what, that's what kills me too. And I think when we talk about this and it's like, Again, like I think when people are complaining about the Oscars and not to go too much off on a tangent, but I'm like, the issue is that like the perception is maybe that the movies that are getting recognized now are not as good as the movies that were, there's no Titanics and no big, you know, like the stuff that was in the nineties winning best pictures and like being, it's like, like Omniculture or whatever. And now we're just like, that's it. Like there, it's just not the same. But I think if you add more categories, like we're saying, like there's a way to do fan, like stunts would be all the blockbusters, right? And it would be like, a cool way to recognize those instead of like hashtag fan favorite or like best. Yeah. And I, I agree. It should exist. But I also don't think if they created that category tomorrow that, you know, this 
like audience that they're chasing is going to be like, I'm definitely going to watch the Oscars now. Like it's, it's still going to be something for us that like something we were calling for. And even like people like Helen Mirren has been calling for a stunts category forever. So it's still, it's still going to be targeted or like, we're still going to be the ones that care about it the most. Like that's still not going to get people to watch it. I don't think, but I don't think your idea, like, I don't think you can eliminate five films the week before the Oscars. Like, are those people even going to go to the main show? Like, no, like, what's the point? No, but no, they're not, I guess. I don't know. No, like it's, I think, I, I also don't think, I think the difference between like something like this and sports is like athletes are competitive. They know they can lose. Like, that's why you lace up the shoes. So you play. Right. And like they they know what it's like to lose. And it's it's kind of it's not subjective. Right. Like you score the more points unless it's a judge sport. Right. But if you score more points or like you're first across the line, then you win, you right. know. But with this, people are voting and it's subjective. And I think it, it kind of hurts more if you're eliminated the week before the main show. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a way to do it. So it's not, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think that's true, but I do think like it would be more beneficial to the movies. Like for instance, Nightmare Alley is not going to get any shine on the show. Right. It's like it, when we do it, I'm just using that as an example. It might win production design. That's not even getting handed out in, in the main show. So the winner of production design would be uh, right. It wasn't that one of the eight that's got, that got punted mm-hmm. off. Right. So Nightmare Alley, it's gonna, it's got its three nominations or whatever it got. It's gonna win production design. Maybe we'll have like a twenty second edit of the speech from uh, uh, Tamara Deverell, who who's the production designer or whatever. And then it, that's it. It moved on. And then when they announce the nominees for Best Picture, it'll be like Nightmare Alley, and maybe they'll show the title depending on how long it is. Maybe they'll have a clip, and that's all you're gonna get. So if you're like a fan of Nightmare Alley, not even like a regular person who's like, I want to watch the Oscars to find out what the movies are. If you're a fan of Nightmare Alley, you're like. And this sucks. I like Nightmare Alley. Why didn't it get enough shine on the Oscars? But if you're like, oh, it was eliminated, but look at this great, well-produced, like, tribute to Nightmare Alley and, like, you know, whatever it is, like, in the earlier show, like, I think that would be cool. I don't know. They, they, they can not eliminate things and still accomplish all that if they just devote time to showcasing the craft and these films. Like, they, they can do, I mean, they've done this before where they highlight the best picture nominees throughout the show, and it's just, like, a montage of like clips from yeah they've know. done it before just badly Joyce, basically yeah. this should be us producing the oscars that's <laughs> what i think it should be i think uh so, so we, we can make a creative arts oscars which i'm actually like totally fine with like so i think good. this is supposed to be you know the end of the season just make it as big as possible it should be like a week-long celebration why can't you do i mean we don't have enough categories like the emmys but well, that's why something like five nights a week. Yeah, that's why they should add a lot more categories. And I do think, like you said, like, like not to be, it's like, if it reminds me of like people who don't want to add categories feel like, uh, you know, baseball fans who are like, oh, I don't want extra playoff teams or I don't want the DH and the national. It's just, it's like times have changed. We are, it is a different world and like keep up. Listen, and when think, tennis was about to go back to 16 seeds, I was like, no, keep it 32. <laughs> It just feels like there's just, I mean, obviously there's more, con- like we're going to see with the Emmys and this, the SAG Awards for TV, which if you're watching this still, like we'll do that later. Um, it, it There's just too much of everything. And I think like you're limiting the amount of, you know, you're limiting what you're honoring. And there's goes so much, like you were saying, like, I love the idea of motion capture or voice performance because like so many things now are that, you know what I mean? Like, it's And they're never like, going to get nominated in the regular categories. No, like Andy Serkis is never going to get an Oscar nomination for playing Caesar in Planet of the Apes, but like he should have gotten, 
maybe recognition from the Oscars for that performance in like a motion capture category. And we're going to see more and more of that. And there needs to be more, they need just to broaden the horizons, I guess. And that's why I think we should have an extra show, but uh, Joyce, anything else here before we, before we sign off and, and come back? Um, with the, I the guess, are they going to walk this back? What's that? Are they going to walk this back? No. I don't think they are. I think they I, I think they purposely to... waited this long. So exactly. it's like they, too close. Although it's still a month and they long. walked it back like two weeks before last time. So I don't think they're gonna walk it back. I think they wanted they wanted to do this. I think they did not and do it's, it. it's gonna fail too. <laughs> it's definitely not gonna work. I guess it depends on what working is. Like last year well, was the lowest they, rate they ever. want more viewers. They're not gonna get more viewers. It's well, like, last year was the lowest rate ever, happened in April. The movies were very small. It was a a, a poorly produced show perhaps, or not, the, not what you want, but also it didn't matter because people were going to watch or not watch whatever, whatever was on that show didn't really matter because going into it, people were just going to watch or not watch this year. <laughs> there are more movies that people I think have seen and have the opportunity to see their bigger stars, arguably up for these nominations. You could, there's hosts. You can make the case that it will not be the lowest rated ever. It could be like if they incre- increase the ratings by like 2 million, if it goes from 10 million to like 12, they're going to say it was a win and they're going to credit like this for why it was a win. It's just, it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> they just need to accept you're not going to get the not Titanic anymore. Yeah. You're not going to get Titanic numbers, like both, both meanings. <laughs> no. All right. Let's, that's a good, that's a good place to stop. Let's wrap up there and I'll, we'll come back later and talk about TV. Cause I know we love, uh, to talk about the succession. Yeah, we will just be all succession. Yep, can't wait. (laughs) All right, bye. For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.